Testing, testing. Um, excuse me. Um, is this thing on? Is this thing on? Because you're back. <laughs> With Lawrence Odi, I say Mind Bully Podcast. What's good? What's up? Tap in, tap in. Thank you so much for listening. I'm. I got too much energy, probably, but I'm so thankful for another episode. Um, the feedback from the first episode is so much love, so much joy that it brings me because it's. It's crazy. It's like whenever you can make an episode and um, a story and and tell that and share your life experiences with somebody else and it resonates in a major way that impacts them and it changes their view on things. It's it's a different feeling. I'm like holding my fist up, shaking it like, bro, it's a different feeling, though, when you can give that to people and provide value. So, man, thank you so much. Um, Go listen to that if you haven't literally. Lick your index finger. I'm going to do it with you. Push that pause. Swipe left, swipe right, whatever. <laughs> and go listen to that because it was it was a personal story that actually impacted people in a major way. So I'm so thankful for that. But the crazy thing about feedback, the takeaway that I took from it was this. I hate it, but I love it. Here's why. As people, right, we all have many different versions of ourselves. For instance, me, people know me as the leader, the locked in guy, the super focused guy, intense, just driven. Another group of people know me as, oh, he lit that boy outside. He life of the party. He on everything. He on the moves. Rager. Gorgeous. I added that gorgeous thing because God done bless me. Shout out God. But when they hear somebody showcasing vulnerabilities that they are unaware of, they're like, Dang, I really didn't know that. Like, you went through that. That was a crazy story. But, hey, bro, can you add some lit lit noise in there? I'm trying to laugh a little bit. Or, hey, bro, can you motivational Mondays? I need something to work. It's like, bro, chill. I know who I am. And because I know who I am, I can freely say, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's because I don't know what I'm doing. That's why I'm doing. That's the point. It's, it's to find my inner voice through the challenges of this podcast. The idea that your identity demands a greater level of influence to get that message out. You just got to lock in and deliver that. And at least let me deliver it on my terms. Let me do what I do. Somebody literally told me, hey, bro, like, you you, you don't have to be so motivational. We don't need that. Just be lit. Fake it till you make it. I said, excuse me, fake it till I make what? I always hated that. Fake it till I make what? Fake it till you make it. You never going to make nothing. For me, it's like fake it till you become. Because at least I'm going to use your little saying. I'm going to fake it. But at least in the process of me faking it, I'm going to become something. Because I'm practicing. It's basically you're practicing. You're betting on yourself. Doubling down and pushing through whatever barrier you need to push through to become your best self. That's where your true voice shines through. And just thinking about feedback and the voices of other people, it just had me kind of reflecting on my life. Because when you unpack feedback, what is feedback? It's an opinion. What's an opinion? It's just somebody else's voice. I didn't do well listening to other people's voices. Not a big voice guy. I just, it didn't connect. And if I was to think of something in a story to showcase that, here's one. Growing up in the city, not no segues, 
not no buses, not running. The things to move around in the city was them bikes. So everybody had a bike riding around. And the bike I wanted, I still remember it to this day, that shiny red, that mongoose with the pigs. I wanted this bike so bad. I wanted this bright red, crimson red, a good crimson, scarlet. I would say scarlet red. Shout out Texas Tech. A little scarlet red mongoose with the pegs so me and my boys could swing through the city. I wanted that so bad. And I had like this Walmart brand bike that I kind of, you know, mom's listening now. Shout out mom, though. It's her birthday. I love you so much, ma, you know. But I had this Walmart brand bike that I kind of busted and lost on on purpose, really, to get this red mongoose with the spike so I could swing through the city. So I go to my mom and I'm like, mom, I want this bike so much. I want this so much. And being a Nigerian, <laughs> uh, first generation immigrant, you know what time it is. Hey, boy, you got the grades for it. And so I will work, grind and get them grades up so I can get that red mongoose with the pegs. So I run in there <laughs> and I show her my report card one day and I had like I always had good grades growing up. And so she said, okay, let's go to Walmart. Let's go to the store. So me, I'm giddy. I'm rosy. I'm black as hell, but I I swear I was blushing. I was, you know, I was getting a little red, nervous and excited. I just didn't know how to handle it because we was on the way to Walmart to get the the red mongoose with the pegs. So I was lit. Okay, so we're on the way to the store. And we get to the store and I picked the bike out. Literally, it was the last red mongoose with the pegs, crimson, looking good, shiny. It was like they they spit shine that on the way in. Like, they knew I was coming. So I was lit. Okay. So we get there. We pick it out. And she's she's asking so many questions. Like, do you really need this? Can't Why can't you get this bike? Why can't you get that bike? I said, Ma, I don't want no Huffy. I don't want no Schwinn. I need that goose. I need that red goose, dog. I need that red goose with the spike so I can swing through the city with my boys. You're going to keep hearing this because that was on my mind then. I wanted to swing on these things. Well, that's what I wanted to do. So she said, all right, you got the grades. I trust you with this bike. But here's two rules. She's telling me the rules as she was in the checkout line. And sidebar, she always did this thing where she looked back when I was in the checkout. And it was like, does is he looking? Does he really need it? Like, she would play these mind games. I'm like, mommy, like, please, please. I'd be begging. Like, I would wait until she swiped it to be like, and hit the boys up. Like, hey, we we in there. We swinging. Like, I, I had to wait every second. So the two rules were this. One, you know, always wear your helmet. Literally, that's, she used to say that all the time. And for me, it's just like, it wasn't cool, but I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. To swing in the city with the crimson red bike, I'm going to do whatever. Two, she said, take care of your brakes. I was like, yeah, I'll do whatever. Like, I wasn't listening to anything she was talking about. I was just like, let me get that goose up off you. Like, chill. I, these little rules, I, I'm not doing well with your rules, madam. <laughs> let me get that goose off you. <laughs> so... Uh, I agreed to the terms, whatever. Obviously, she's my mom. It's not a contract, but I'm like, thank you so much. Um, so the next day, I swang through the city. I'm driving. I'm, I said driving. I'm riding this bike around the city, and I'm just loving my experience. I got the goose with the pegs, but I have my helmet on. 
And when I have my helmet on, I'm listening to voices kind of snickering on the corner. And when I drive by the corner, it's literally two girls who I'm not to be rude. They weren't really attractive, but it was just the point of them laughing at me. I said, excuse you, what you laughing at? They like, uh, your helmet, bro. Like I had, this, I had this shiny silver helmet that was kind of tight and it was so uncomfortable. I was sweating in the hot sun, beaming. I was kind of a little bigger. So picture this bigger overweight guy on this red shiny bike with the pegs by himself with this bright silver helmet, just swinging around giddy as hell. And then two girls like, eh, like picking at me. So I go home and I'm in my head, I'm like, mom, I'm never wearing this helmet ever again. Okay. So literally the next day, here's what happened. The next day, my friends, it was a thing like my friends would like, we'd race obviously down the streets, race super fast. Right. And I thought I knew how to ride a bike, <laughs> but my brakes were bad on the first bike. And on this bike, I'm like, hey, we, I got the shiny red mongoose with the spikes. Like, this, I think it's like a Tesla. Like, it can do whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm driving. I'm riding this bike. And as I'm riding it, I'm going fast. Like, around the block. I'm winning these races, boy. I'm killing these boys. I think it started raining. And everybody had to go inside, uh, whatever. And I'm taking a last lap around the house, right? And so it's like a, it's like a, a picture of it as a track. So I'm on my last lap around, and I'm coming back to the home stretch to my house. And so I'm going hella fast, mind you. In my mind, it's like just go fast. You breezing. I don't have my helmet on, and I haven't really braked today because we just rolling. We just laps around this thing and i'm lapping these boys so i haven't really used my brakes like i should again i think it's a tesla so it's just gonna do it for me and i always stopped i never slowed down like and that's why my mom was like take care of your brakes because on my first bike i would just stop abruptly i wouldn't slow down i'm like like for some reason i should i i need to be in the house let me stop i never slowed down so on this day, it was raining. It was just me outside. I'm going hella fast. And right when I get to my house, I just full stop, full break. <laughs> and when I tell you what happened, the bike flipped over and I fell on my head. Mind you, I don't have my helmet on. It's wet. It's rainy. I'm in front of my house and my head is smushed against the concrete. And I'm just like... You idiot. <laughs> you didn't listen to both rules that your mom said. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not even crying. I'm not even mad. I'm just like, bro, you're a, you're an idiot. Huh? Who sent you to, at your big age, I think I was like six or seven, at your big age, to defy your parents, literally, and do what you want to do, full stop. And now your face smushed against the concrete. And... That literally is an instance where I should have listened to a voice, to an opinion, to feedback of my mom, really instructing, saying, hey, boy, you better put on that helmet with them red goose with the spikes. And it turned out to be, <laughs> I think I was concussed, but at seven, I didn't know, but I didn't listen to that voice. I didn't listen. And nowadays, I find myself listening to the voice of my mind bully 
more than ever before. It's like no matter what I do and how I do it, the thing that usually sticks and plants and sits with the kid is how I could have did it better. Example, Final Four run. Big Texas Tech guy, you know that. Stand up. I'm going to keep repping Texas Tech, TTU. But big Final Four run. We enter the season unranked. Here's a group of guys, seven new guys to the team. We just lost our best player. Shout out Kay Evans. We just lost big time seniors to the school that meant everything for our program. We just lost a player to the draft. And we coming into the season trying to make the tournament. So move on to conference play. In the middle of it, we're about four and four. To win the conference, you you realistically need ten wins, ten plus wins. So four and four is average. Four and four in February will not get it done. So we play a game at Kansas, and I play like shit. We play like shit. And so I went to the presser after, and I'm I think I cussed like I'm I'm going crazy, like I'm animated and I'm pissed off about how we left our situation there. So after that, things change. We rattle off nine straight to win the conference. The point here is I never enjoyed and was happy with any of it. Because in my mind, it's like, we can do better. We can do better. We can do better. Bro, we just rattled off nine straight. That's unheard of. What? After that, going on to win five straight after, you know, a little mess happened at West V. But five straight to get to the final Monday night. So that's 14 games in the span of a month. That's unheard of. This run is crazy. And the whole time I'm thinking, we can do better. I can do better. Why is this? Like, I'm thinking, why can't I do this? Instead of, oh, I'm motivated about our run, how we've been playing. We can do this, but let's enjoy this. Because enjoying it and having fun and loving each other and loving the game is how we got here. None of that was in my mind. I didn't care about anything, but we could do better. We got to do. My mind bully was making me trick myself to think perfection was attainable. Another instance, another story. My best friends get married. Shout out Drew Sorrells, his love. But if you know him, he's a simple guy, not a big flash guy. This man wants about a hundred people, you know, big heart, but at this small cabin at a lake doing nothing i'm like huh he's like yeah we just want to talk and you know re-. i said huh so you want us to sit crisscross applesauce around the barn and, and talk about the old days no it's a bachelor party i'm bougie so i want to go across the little water some all-inclusive resort you know jet skis atvs some extracurriculars within reason but you know a bachelor party a, a celebration so we have to compromise. And obviously, I don't care what I want. It's exactly what he wants. I want to put on something that leaves a memory for him to last a lifetime. Okay. So he chooses Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, personally, I don't know how you go from a bougie beach to Scottsdale, Arizona, but it's not my bachelor party. So we're going to do what he wants to do. The challenge here was we got to drop that number from 100 to some manageable, Drew. Like, they're under 25. How do you make it work with funds? So we get to a little 17 mark. Still a lot. But we can make that happen. So great. Cool. Got the location. Now we need the venue. 17 guys. Has to make sense. Has to be cost effective. Has to have fun. It's a bachelor party. It was God. 
because we found this nice Airbnb. I'm talking about pool, basketball court, putting green, pickleball. It had a pool table, theater room. My boy Miles, shout out Miles, DJ Booth, photos. I said photos, but he brought his camera. It was a vibe. Shout out AJ because he did a lot behind the scenes. But but now it's on me to deliver that message and make sure everything goes smoothly. You know, you have to have the rental cars right, the flight info ready, the schedule ready, all mapped out. Everything needs to go smoothly. And again, we have to have a good time. I'm telling guys in the group, like, ain't no Debbie Downer shit. I'm talking about even if you brushing your teeth and you frowning, hey, I'm there to boost morale. You better smile, boy. I was like the bully, the happy bully. But things went well. I'm talking about golf. We went to the casino, paintball, kayaking, hiking. We went out. We had a good time. Had camaraderie with the boys. And in my mind, I'm still thinking, bro, it wasn't enough. We should have been on ATVs. We should have went skydiving. We should have had some more little extracurriculars. We should have made this weekend a showdown. And it went so smoothly. It was so much fun. I mean, Andrew told me, Norris, that was the most fun I ever had in my life. Thank you. And in one side, I'm like, I appreciate that mission accomplished. But another part of me is like, nah, bro, that wasn't it, dog. You could have did more. But it's like my mind really taunts me and I can no longer hear the voice of my accomplishments. I accomplish things in life and automatically think how it could have been better or what's next or how can I get to the next step, the next step in my life. And I believe with a lot of us, we continue this cycle thinking that we're not doing enough and we break ourselves down with the negative thoughts in our head, trying to reach that level of perfection. But what are you chasing? What is your sound? My mind really continues to trick me, thinking perfection is the goal. Perfection is attainable when it's impossible. All my imperfections are made through the voice of God, not the works of me. But I still trick myself. And come to think of it, I've always been tricking myself. From the red mongoose with the pigs till now, I've allowed voices to cause me to fall on my face. In my life, here's what I've learned. Never become a voice that causes someone else to fall on their face. Now, does that sound like you? Now, maybe you're not overtly bringing someone down, literally causing them to fall on their face. But what's your sound like? What's your sound like when you enter a room? Because you have those people that just, dang, they light up that room when they leave. Like, that energy is gone. Toxic, negative air is out of here. They just do a great job of lifting the vibes, boosting morale when they out of here. Now, I don't always believe that's intentional because I really think we as people just don't know what we sound like. What's your sound like? What's your sound in private? What's your sound when it's you versus you? When you're stuck having to listen to your own voice in your own head. What's your sound? The reality is you don't discover your true sound until you're alone. In society today, we have people, even myself, that love to be fake busy. Like, oh, I got this to do. I got this to do. You're running errands. But you never sit down and discover your true sound. When you don't discover your true sound, that could cause confusion, restlessness, because you don't know the true voice 
inside of you. When you're disconnected from your true sound and your true voice is silenced, you become an echo of the voices around you. So if they can't, you can't. And if you can't, they can't. That toxic relationship and those toxic environments surrounding you every single day is steering you off course and away from your true sound. Instead of you becoming the voice that people need to pour into others, to serve and to give back in ways that you wouldn't know possible, you become an echo of what they say and what they're dealing with becomes what you're dealing with. The toxic cycle continues. When you return home from being fake busy, you sit down with yourself, you lock in with yourself, and you realize the echoes of others are becoming overwhelmingly louder and louder and louder than your true sound. How do you develop a sound that propels you and others into their destiny when you have this overwhelmingly black cloud on you that's other people's echoes and other people's insecurities and other people's lack and other people's thoughts of how they can't? How can you overcome all that and discover why you can't? How do you develop a sound that silences the echoes of others? And for me, it's through the voice of God. You'll never discover your true identity through someone else's voice. The only true way to find your identity, to find your true voice, to find your real sound is through the voice of God, through trials, from falling on my face from my own doing. I continue to develop my sound and my identity through the voice of God. What's your sound? Are you constantly looking at life through the lens of your own insecurities? Are you constantly looking at life through the patterns of your loved ones? Meaning, my dad was an alcoholic, so I mean, I guess I'll be one too. My mom had an eating disorder, so I, I mean, I guess that's just my fate. My family, cancer runs in my family, so I'm counting down the days. Is, is that the pattern that you're looking at life through? Is that your sound? Because I don't know. I just believe a different flex is saying this. I am who he says I am. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's fire to me. That That is so fire. That brings me the joy. Yeah, it's like I'm not always happy. No, I'm not happy. But I'm filled with joy. Okay, so what's the difference? Happiness to me is an outcome-based feeling. The idea of, I'll be happy once blank. I hear this all the time. I'll be happy once I get a new job. I'll be happy once I move to a new city. I'll be happy once I marry the man of my dreams. Outcome-based feeling. My sound isn't built on the foundation of happiness. I think that'd be, that'd be like a straw house, wouldn't it? Because if somebody pissed me off, I'm like, man, bump all that. I'm reckless. I'm not happy. I'm talking crazy. I'm I'm putting out that sound that isn't from a foundation of joy. By no means does this mean I'm perfect, nor will I strive to be. 
It just means that my foundation is built on a constant. That constant being joy. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Think about that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I believe that's that's it. Like that's the greatest mistake that we all have. We try to find strength in happiness and people or things that will temporarily make us feel good. Thinking that will build us back up. Joy breaks the formula. Joy breaks the pattern. Joy updates the software inside of you, allowing you to let your true sound shine through. That joy to me is found in your morals, the character that you have, the things and the processes that you've set for your life. Your non-negotiables brings that joy. And for me, I'm a child of the living God. How do you change your sound? To change your sound, you have to pull away and develop your sound. In this life, other voices will always get in and it will happen. But if you have no defense mechanism to discern between the two voices, you will always lose the battle. You'll always believe the negative sounds coming in, flushing out your true voice. The action plan here is this, for example. Whenever I hear a sound that magnifies what I'm currently wrestling with or dealing with internally, it's time to lock in. Because in that moment, it's a fight or flight situation. It's like, one, I can accept these things that people are telling me and become identified and solidified in what they're saying and silencing my true sound. Or two, I can go back and read the word and say, hey, what Pop's got to say about this? Is this in the word? Does that make sense? Is that aligned with the plan and the focus and the line that he set for my life? Am I in tune with that? All right, nah. Then... I can discern between a lie and the truth. Easy. But then another part of that is, what if it's true what they say? Sometimes somebody says something that resonates with you in such a way that you're like, okay, when I get back home, Pops, I'm going to go talk to you and let's lock in. Because that was you speaking through them to tell me that. To reach with you in a one-on-one way that I wouldn't have known unless I connected with you. Like I knew you brought them in my life in that moment on that train, on that plane, while I was running to tell me that, Pops. I appreciate that. Like there's no coincidence here, buddy. That was the voice of God working through someone else to tell you that. To tell you that he's not done with you yet. He's still got your back. He's still on the right side. You will always feel alone if you keep disregarding the voice that magnifies what you're wrestling with. Key takeaways. What are the takeaways here? I would say, don't let voices on the outside change your sound, your voice on the inside. The doubt, the chaos, the confusion, the anxiety, the fears, the depression. Don't let their fears or those voices change your voice on the inside. Two, your goals Determine what sound matters. So if you have higher goals, higher things that you're reaching in life, the sounds that reinforce those goals are what truly matters. And the biggest thing for me, you will only advance to the image that you have of yourself. 
you will only propel to a point of greatness if you see yourself as great. So if you listen to their voices that's telling you, oh, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're worthless, that's your image, and you're staying there. You've plateaued. You've peaked. But how do you propel and push past that? It's changing your image of yourself. Hey, Genix, you going off? Hey guys, I know I said I hate feedback, but I lied. I definitely lied. So please, if you have any questions, anything you would like me to touch on, on hashtag talk a tough segment, on the Mind Bully podcast with the kid, because this is a collaborative experience. It's not just me talking. I want you guys to engage and, and be in this with me because we're all trying to overcome ourselves. I'm just figuring it out. As you can see, this is probably a scattered episode, but my heart is on my sleeve and my heart is on this mic and my heart is on your phone now. Nah, but seriously, I like feedback. I'll take all the help I can get. I'm just figuring this out. I want to provide real value for you guys and we in it together. So even if it's about the structure, I know this episode was a shorter episode. I kind of like a shorter feel and I'll have more people on the show. Um, it'll be in a interview based type feel, but for this first couple episodes, I want you guys to connect with me in a different way and learn and know who I really am and, and how I want us together to overcome ourselves. So from me to you, episode two is love. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Mind Bully Pod. 